Hey, hello, 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 everyone. This is DJ, and this is CG Talks, the podcast where CG guys talk about computer graphics. And today, our special guest is Mr. Gordon Neal, a three artist specialized in game dev and a host of a podcast called Digital Artcast, right? So I'm sure you all can be sure that today's episode will be full of crispy stories straight from Gordon's pouch. And... <laughs> yeah. Crispy stories, that's a, that's a new one for me. Yeah, that's, I'm sure they won't be that crispy, but I'll try and make them as sweet as I can. But yeah, thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on, DJ. It's an honor. Yes, it's an honor for us. And, you know, I'm hoping that, uh, that your podcasting, podcasting experience will, yeah, will prove of great value to the to this today's episode right yeah, yeah. Well, that's why I mean, um, yeah that's why i, no, I was gonna to... say yeah on yeah. it's fine i was just gonna say uh yeah that it's probably one of these weird things where i'm sitting on the other side of the mic this time so that's why it's a bit weird for me but yeah it's it's a uh, it's very surreal being interviewed not being the person who's interviewing somebody else so yeah yeah but i'm, I'm hoping that um, also be will be fun for you and uh, that's why I wanted to uh, to start with uh, with talking about uh, digital archives and uh, how it affected your life. And mm -hmm. Because like both of us are running a podcast, and mm -hmm. I know like from my own experience that it's a tough game. And so far, yep. I've seen a lot of really cool and promising podcasts uh, show up mm -hmm. and disappear after a season of or even a bunch of episodes. Yeah, and it seems like you are in the business. Uh, for the long run, it's been some quite some time that you're running digital artcast. And yeah, I'm curious, I'm curious how it how it all began and what inspired you, what inspired you to start the podcasting journey and what was uh, like the whole evolutionary path path uh, to the present day, like the, mm. the digital artcast as it is now. It's funny, actually, looking back now, trying to remember stuff like that. It seems like so long ago. But then, of course, uh, I've just started working for a company called GamerHub. Um, shout out to Gav, um, who are a Scottish-based games industry kind of website who are reporting on games industry stuff. And they just recently asked me to come on and be a technical writer for them and, and write about my game dev experience and the industry in general, um, which has been great because I've always wanted to give back outside of the podcast i want to also do more blog type stuff more writing so i'm actually writing like an intro just now for for the the website to explain who i am and my journey so i've actually had to put this all down in paper recently like line by line and recount the last five or six years so it's it's probably great timing that you're interviewing me and talking about this stuff because it's now fresh in my head because i've had to look back and think but um i mean i was so the whole kind of i'll try and give the whole history of it in a kind of condensed version. Um, I worked over in the UK and Scotland specifically with the, the the railway industry. So I got an apprenticeship when I was uh, 18 out of school and worked with uh, an engineering company that, that fixed telecommunications products in the railway infrastructure. Um, and at the time uh, they were called Talis Telecom. They were actually, Talis was a, a French company. Um, but worked over here and then I think it was about 2009-2010 uh, Network Rail who owned the infrastructure in the UK of the railway uh, bought the, the telecoms part back into the, the internal structure 
And then I was working for them for a couple of years. And that was around the time I started to think about, um, you know, what I wanted for the next 10 years of my life because I was encroaching on 30. I was thinking about, you know, where do I want to be in 10 years? And uh, as an avid gamer all my life, you know, from a very young age, five or six years old, uh, you know, Nintendo and and Zelda, Mario, all that kind of stuff. And then obviously growing up with Xbox, PlayStation, Halo. um, You know, I've been in games all my days and I always thought about that would be a great career, but I never knew where I could interject and make uh, a a name for myself. Um, But watching at the time, the collector's editions came with behind the scenes DVDs that you could watch where they would talk about the making of process. And uh, that's basically where I got my inspiration. And, um, you know, I think it was specifically, there was two at the time. It was the God of War documentary. I think they were making God of War 3 at the time and Halo 3. Um, And those were two kind of peers into how they made the games. And I saw that there was an art side of it um, and being kind of creative. And at that time I was on YouTube, I was making game review videos, but I was also doing some art on the side because I just love comic books and I love drawing. So... I kind of put two and two together um, and thought that I could maybe be an artist in the games industry because, um, you know, coding seemed kind of outside my realm at the time and not something that I was comfortable with because I didn't do great at school with maths and computers. Um, computers in general, I was okay, but maths was definitely not my thing. Um, so coding was kind of out the window at the time. And uh, the only two pillars I saw at the time were coding and art. So, you know, I didn't know about like sound design and all the other things. So I thought, you know, uh, let's do this. And uh, I think, it, again, the column I'm writing, I talked about one night specifically where I was on what they call on call at the time. So I was, uh, I could have got called out anytime if there was a fault. And it was over New Year, Christmas, New Year, um, uh, 2011, maybe, uh, 2010. And I got called out on a fault that took me 16 to 18 hours to fix. And I came back and I was freezing. I was shaking. It was in the dead of night. I was covered in snow and water. Um, and I almost passed out in my flat when I got back from the shift because it was just, I was so tired. And I thought, yeah, this is the time I need to leave. I can't do this anymore because Scotland, you know, I don't know if you guys know, it's it's the weather up here ain't great. So <laughs> it's uh, it, it was a good decision, I think, at the time. And, you know, I phoned my parents and said, you know, let's do it. And uh, yeah, I applied for college that year, although it was late and got into some basic courses. And then that just kind of evolved. I've done, you know, a basic foundation in art. And then I'd done like a kind of diploma, as we call it, two years doing graphic design. Um, and it wasn't until 2015, the story gets interesting, because I was going to graduate my, my graphic design uh, diploma. And I thought to myself, you know, is this, you know, why did I leave my job? You know, I'm going to end up doing graphic design for some small corporation making logos. Is that really what I want to do? And I said, well, no, you know, that's, that isn't the reason I left. It's not the reason I want to stop. Uh, so the whole time I was obviously watching and trying to, you know, uh, learn more and more about the industry um, watch documentaries again when they came up one of the big ones then at the time as well was the Double Fine documentary where they uh, they documented the whole process of making Broken Age and uh, yeah I got to 2015 and I said no I'm going to apply for university I'm just going to go do it so I did and uh, I didn't get in to anywhere because uh, apart from not having any great game design stuff or 3D skills at the time there was also a huge stigma against mature students and I was uh, about 30 at this time 31 and uh i actually went to something called clearing where the places that are left come up and you can kind of dive onto those so i did and it was luckily i got a uh, a place on a course in uh paisley in scotland it's, it's called the university of west of scotland and they got me into their 3d design course 
I think it's specifically it's called 3D is it 3D art with digital painting and VFX, something like that. But yeah, done that. So on the research on, on looking at the course, because now I was like super fired in. I was like, right, take me go and get this job. Take me get in this industry as much as I can. So I spoke to John at the time, who was the course leader. And I said, where do your guys go after graduation? How did, you know, have you got links with industry? And he then first introduced me to Axis Studios. It was Axis Animation at the time. We were based in Glasgow. And obviously at the time they had done some great stuff. Um, and uh, so I emailed their, one of their producers who got me in touch with one of their talent people, Jill Wallace, and uh, started having a conversation, went to the first year of my course, started learning Autodesk Maya, which was hilarious because that was the first year they were teaching Maya. Before that, it was Lightwave. Um, so it's like really old school 3D stuff, not even modern stuff, but yeah, Maya. Uh, and I think they actually started teaching Maya because Axis specifically were using it. Um, so yeah, so learned all about that. And then I done my, my first year in the university was a blur. I was just trying to learn as much as I could and meet people and make friends and again, dive into the industry. But I used to watch Twitch specifically. And uh, there was a, a, a woman on that called Anna Hollenrake. Shout out Anna, uh, who's now, uh, uh, um, I forget the name of the, the company. I think it's, it's no Media Molecule. It's, it's the guys who do Fall Guys, the game. She's there now as a concept artist. So um but yeah, she'd done a Twitch stream at the time, way, way back in the day, where she would paint and draw and talk to people. And I was obviously watching her stream and she talked about industry workshops, which was a big thing in, in London. Daniel Matthews run it with a couple other people. And uh, it was a networking event for artists around the world. So of course, I thought, you know, let's get my ass down there and meet people. So I saved that whole year, worked a couple of part-time jobs and saved all my uni money and planned to go down to London. Um, and that was the first time I'd probably left the country in about 10 years or left Scotland. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I went down there, met a bunch of people. Um, but then beforehand, before going, I thought, you know, I'll want to try and maybe reach out to some people and, and get a few familiar faces. So when I go down there, I've got some friends. And at the time I also was friends with Suzanne Helmig and Suzanne was a concept artist out of uh, the Netherlands. Uh, but I knew her partner also was, um, you know, doing some great stuff at the time. Suzanne just never really wanted to come on the podcast, but she said, you know, Titus might be up for it. So I interviewed Titus Lunter. He was my first ever episode, and the idea was that I would meet Titus, I would talk with him, and just get some general information on being a concept artist, because at that time I still wanted to do concept work, um, but also ask about the event and just about the scene in, in Europe in general. Um, and I thought rather than just interview him uh, and keep it to myself, I'll put it on YouTube, because I've used YouTube before, I've been using it for years. And uh, whatever I learn would be great for other people to learn. So that was the whole kind of um, origin story. Um, I think I nailed that in under 10 minutes. So I think that was not too bad. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, that was that was where it started. And uh, when I went down there and met people, it was incredible. I met some legends at the time, like Marek Maggi and Marcin Kliski from CD Projekt Red and uh, Matthias Temeka. Um, loads of people that are, are probably your side of the world as well. That You know, there's, I, I, you know, Derek Zabrowski, like there was so many people at the time I was meeting. And we always talked about this recently, just how dense Poland is with talent. It's absolutely crazy how many amazing artists have come out of that, that small country. But um, so, yeah, that first year was crazy, um, especially the the stuff they were showing off. I think especially CD Projekt guys were all talking about Witcher 3 at the time because they just finished that. So that was the huge thing they were all talking about. And, um, yeah, a, a couple of really great talks. And that was my first dive into meeting people. And then a lot of the people that I met there, like Marcin Kliski, like Marek Maggi, they were all some of the first episodes that I had. Boku Eriksson, like all these guys um yeah this that was the the first kind of season 
of the podcast. So yeah. Yeah. So so it seemed like the podcast was kind of like a, a, a vehicle vehicle for you to to really get mm-hmm. get into the the industry, so so to speak, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, so I wanted yeah. to ask how it impacted your your professional work, and it seems like from from what you're saying, like from the very origins, it was like it was like entwined with all the, all your other activities on getting getting a job and getting to know people and yeah. collaborate right i mean it's just it's such a huge networking tool i think it has been the last couple of years where you know even when i went down to um uh initial workshops at the time you know i'd, I'd started a conversation with joe wallace from access at the time but you know hadn't actually met her in person and lo and behold i went down to the iw and her and john beeston at the time shout out john um, we're sitting at a table, you know, and I was talking away at them and she was, she just clicked. She was like, oh, you're Gordon. Yeah. So it was funny enough because the podcast, you know, my, my keenness for the industry mixed with going to these events was what basically got me that internship at Access in 2017. Um, and I was the first person in I think years from UWS who'd actually went up and had an internship with them. So, um, that was a, that was a crazy experience as well. Cause when I was there, they were working on, uh, Destiny 2, League of Legends, uh, some Warhammer stuff. So, I mean, there was a bunch of things going on, um, you know, TV shows that we're working on, and I got to see all that inner working. Um, so it was just another great vehicle to motivate me to interview more people. And then, of course, the people I met access as well were people I had in the show. So, yeah, it was a whole thing of, like, you know, the podcast just propelled me into people's, you know, it, it made me stand in front of people. It made me, you know, right in front of the, the people who mattered. And, when I went to LA in 2019 for Lightbox, um, you know, I already knew guys from the industry in America for the podcast, one, because they were fans and two, because I'd probably interviewed them. So I was going to these big events and people were like, oh, it's Gordon. And oh, God, you know, like professionally, my stuff isn't at anybody's caliber that, you know, the work it is now, but like at the same time, it's, I'm so well known just because of the podcast. So it, it, it propels me into conversations and meetings with people that I just probably wouldn't have access to. And it's it's been great. I mean, the fondest memory I have in the last couple of years is the fact that when I went to Trojan Horses Unicorn THU in 2018 after I graduated, um, Raphael Grisetti was giving a talk there. And uh, I was a big fan of Raph's work before that and uh, knew he was working at Sony Santa Monica and God of War. And uh, after his talk, you know, I walked up to him and I said, you know, big fan of your work craft. I love what you're doing. And he was like, oh, thanks, thanks. And, you know, and it wasn't until later that night, I, I kind of offered to buy him a beer and we got chatting more. And then, uh, you know, I went to his, he was like, oh, I'm giving a, I'm giving a demonstration tomorrow. Do you want to pop by? And I said, yeah, yeah. And sat in front and then we talked some more. And then through that, you know, he was like, you know, hit me up on Instagram, you know, I'll get back to the US. We can chat a bit more. And he realized that I had the podcast, right? Like he knew I was already interviewing people. I was speaking to big names. Um, I mean, like I'm one of the few people I think in the world that's interviewed Scott Robertson, right? Which is a huge honor. Um, and because I was kind of clear and concise and could talk and, and hold a conversation, he was like, yo, I'm doing these uh, these these talks and doing these demonstrations, these classes. I'm going to need somebody to you know, mediate and, and talk with the, the audience and, and help me. Um, so Raf basically offered me work to work with him um on his uh his sculpture classes which are still up and also helped edit the videos and put them up as well and uh yeah like i done all that again before i went to la so by the time i got to to meet raf we were like we were good friends and and raf still considers me a good friend i still consider him a good friend and uh that relationship was really born out of the podcast and it, it it's crazy to think because you know again professionally with the work i was doing in 3d 
I wasn't, you know, breaking down any barriers or, or exposing any huge bits of work, but the podcast was what impressed him and, and he could see the passion I had for, for the industry. So, you know, it's, it's definitely been explosive the last couple of years, just the doors that's opened for me. Yeah. So, so it seems like, uh, it seems like it really paid off, like to, to jump into that, that train, right? Uh, yep. the, the podcasting train and, uh, yeah, get your foot in the door and, uh, yep. And I wanted to ask, like, was there any, like, hard, hard lessons that you learned? Like, maybe some, some failures <laughs> when doing the podcast or maybe some funny stories, like if, so, something that you can, yeah, can recall? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a few, but there are more kind of technical aspects where before I was using Zencaster, as you now know, um, I was using things the same as you guys. So I was... I was using Skype, I was recording my screen, I was recording conversations that way. And I remember one conversation I had with Justin Fields at the time that I've, I've never been able to recapture and I recorded the whole thing and realized that I wasn't recording the audio. Um, so we had like an hour and a half talk and Justin kind of was doing these great things. We were talking about these great subject matters and stuff. And then I watched the video back and I was like, oh shit, <laughs> like I've, I've totally no captured the audio. Oh my God, what am I gonna do? Uh, so uh, it was definitely a curva moment, but yeah, like it was, uh, it was one of these things where I definitely thought, you know, oh, what am I going to do? And, and Justin was like, ah, oh, shit, man, like, you know, never mind. But yeah, that was one of the, the hardest things was like, because Justin as well, Justin Fields is such a high profile artist. I thought, you know, what a great opportunity to talk to him. So um, yeah, that was definitely a, that was a, 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 a low blow at the time. But um, And then I, again, I think just... Uh, you know, try to pick the right people. I mean, I've had sometimes interviews with people where I felt it's not gone well or it's just it's too stale or it's there's no been any kind of chemistry when we've been talking. I mean, you guys have your prep, obviously, but I've almost never went into a, a podcast with any prep. Like, I think the great thing I find about my conversations is because they're so natural, um, that's why people can engage in them. And, you know, I'd like to have those uh, oh moments, you know, where, like, if I'm not heavily researched something and they talk about a bit of their past, it's really interesting. I'm like, oh, like, oh, I never realized. And then I'll, what, can we talk more about that? Um, and it just naturally evolves. Because um, I've never had that issue about, you know, talking to people or, you know, holding a conversation. It's, it, it's just always came naturally to me. I can, I can, I can talk to people for hours and hours. It's, it's never been an issue. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a thing where, like, I'm just... Uh, I'm trying to, you know, continue on and, and make these conversations as natural as possible. But the, the only thing I've ever noticed is, is stuff where, you know, people are either, you have to push back a lot. So you have to, I think the overall thing I've learned the last couple of years, it's been a hard lesson is just being patient because people will, of course, naturally just, you know, get pushed back or they have a meeting or that day falls through and they have to do something. So sometimes I've waited six to eight months for people to, to free up and, uh, yeah, it's just a case of just waiting. So those would be a couple, I would say, that are, are hard lessons, but yeah. Yeah, and I, I wonder about uh, about your relationship with your audience. Like, uh, mm -hmm. is it like, which one is more uh, like rewarding for you? Like getting some feedback from the audience that maybe mm -hmm. finds your finds your content inspiring or or uh, or, or just the the sheer possibility of talking to people that you are interested in and and then you'll just share that uh, that value that you get from the podcast to to the audience and and that's just the, the most the most rewarding part of it 
or do do you have some some you know genuine feedback that that the podcast is really like impact, imp impacting people that listen to it? Yeah, I mean, it's a mix of everything, right? I mean, like I said, I've got to interview some crazy big names. I mean, you know, I mean, Raf is still not came on the podcast, and I hate him for that. But <laughs> he's he's knee deep in God of War too. I know, I know, he's busy. He can't get away. But um, you know, like you know, Scott Robertson was always somebody who I admired and idolized, and it was great to have him on. Uh, Maciej Kutiara, I mean, you know, Maciej, right? Maciej is a huge name all the yeah. way from Poland to the US. I mean, he's absolutely killing it across there. Also, um, also, also doing a podcast, right? But recently, he yeah, stopped, Art, stopped, stopped publishing for some time, but yeah, maybe, I mean, maybe. Art Cafe is, yeah, I mean, when I was there, even at industry workshops, you know, there was a couple of, you know, uh, Ash Thorpe was there doing a live podcast at the time as well. So, I mean, I already knew how big it could have been and how big they'd already made it. So, yeah, there's a, but then it was funny when I was interviewing somebody, they were like, you know, Gordon, you're like one of like three people in the world who's doing a regular podcast. Um, that allows us as artists to have a vehicle to talk about our work. And they were like, you know, if you went away tomorrow, you know, there'd be two. You know, like, so it's like, you know, there's only so many people doing it because it's such a niche. Um, and I never realized the relevant or importance of what I do. And it, it's never lost on me. You know, I'm humbled every day. You know, you talk about like people who find it rewarding. I've had emails from people, you know, a guy in Australia um, who reached out, uh, I think it was either the start of this year or last year, where he talked about how he was turning 30 and he made a decision to do what I'd done and leave his job as, as an engineer and go into art. And that was like, you know, I was in a flood of tears. I was like, I can't believe it. You know, it's like crazy. I, I've, I've influenced somebody's life on the other side of the planet. And, you know, I regularly get, you know, like you, I mean, you email me, obviously, but then I've had other people who email me who are like, you know, I've listened to your podcast for years. And I just wanted to say thank you. And um, you know, it's, it's just, it's so rewarding to just be able to help other people because it's really, I think what makes us great as a, as a race on this planet is the ability to connect and, and help others. I think that's really what we should be focusing on going forward in this whole, you know, post pandemic world. You know, I, I think there's too much individualism in people. And I think we need to remember about communities and, 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 you know, our own inherent, um, towns and cities and, and, and countries and, um, come together. But yeah, I think it's a mix, you know, getting to interview absolute legends in the industry while at the same time engaging with my audience and, and helping them in their life. And um, that's probably why I started the whole thinking out loud segment, because it was just a, a vehicle for me to just splurge my ideas onto the screen and talk about, you know, what I was thinking about. I mean, recently, you guys will know if you check my channel out and you probably know as well. I've done those videos where I was ready to hang up my hat and, and take a break and, and, and walk away from the podcasting world and, and, uh, you know, think about um, the next step and what I was going to do. But, uh, you know, I, that was the most unnatural thing I think I've ever done in my life, where as soon as I, you know, talk about it in my video when I came back about uh, how it just felt so unnatural, because I felt like I wasn't just abandoning what I loved. I was also abandoning the people who loved it. And it was it was an instant thing where I put the video up and I walked downstairs and I went, what am I doing? You know, like the podcast has been such a huge part of my life for the last couple of years. I'd be stupid to to give it up and and or even take a break because I know, you know, at the time I thought it was great because it was giving me a chance to breathe and and work, focus on the new job, but at the same time I was like, you know, it's such a huge part of who I am. I just I just can't abandon it. So almost I think within a week I came back and said <laughs> I wasn't leaving. So yeah, it, it's been a roller coaster. And I think one of the faults again when you talk about hard lessons is that I think in social media I've always tried to wear my heart on my sleeve and. 
be very open and honest with my audience and people on my, my social media is about every single thing I'm thinking or feeling. And it's a double-edged sword, right? Because some companies would look at it as you're kind of unstable or you're having these episodes where you're you're being depressed or your mental health's no great, which I think is stupid. You know, if a company really looks at stuff like that and thinks you're not a great artist, it's so ridiculous because everybody goes through shit in their yeah. life. But then at the same time, I know people on my social medias who have praised me for being so open because it's helped them as well to realize that, you know, even somebody like Gordon can have a bad day um, or can question what he's doing. It's not just, you know, you know, because there's so, I mean, we talked about this with Maché, where there's so many people who have this high caliber existence on the industry. And people think that they, you know, they never get tired. They never get fed up. They never have things where they get up one day and they don't want to do art. Like everybody goes through that. You know, you're just human. So yeah, it, I'm just glad that I have a vehicle that helps as well as informs. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess, you know, if, if even just like a break, a break from the podcasting is, is like a totally different thing than, than just like hanging it on a shelf and uh, quitting it, right? Yep. And yes. I guess the reaction from, from the audience was, was obvious, right? That everyone yeah. just, just waited for you to get back and <laughs> like, luckily you can, you can just like turn it into, into a pre-planned, pre-planned uh, action, you know, <laughs> just, just to boost, yeah. boost, boost the interest. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people thought it was uh, thought it was clickbait at one point. And they were like, ah, you know, he's came back in a week. So he's obviously just been, you know, messing with us. But I genuinely was like, yeah, thinking about like, ah, oh, yeah, this is probably a good decision. And then as soon as I made that, I was like, oh, no, it's not. So, yeah. but then I, it was fun as well because there was so many people in the comment section of that goodbye video who were like so supportive and like, yeah, dude, like, you know, take your time, come back when you're ready. Like, we'll still be here. And uh, yeah, it was just, I think it was just reaffirming. To, I think those comments also made it hard to walk away because when I saw so many people being supportive, I was kind of like, yeah, I don't want to abandon those people. So, yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you uh, if you also, also like listen to other podcasts, like maybe in the niche, in the art mm -hmm. niche, or maybe some other topic podcasts, like, and, and do you have some favorite ones? Maybe, maybe <sighs> some, maybe some that disappeared and you miss them or, or some that are still going on. I mean, there's, I mean, there's been a few, I mean, uh, it depends on, uh, cause even within the podcast space now, it used to be that there was a lot of art podcasts, but now there's like, even you guys, like there's specifically CG or 3d ones. There's guys who do more concept stuff or painting. Um, a lot of channels have podcasts, but are part of the whole YouTube experience. So there's people who have like a YouTube channel where the podcast is one thing they do, but they also do uploads and they do, uh, painting videos. And I mean, draftsman is a great one with Stan Prokopenko. I mean, I know he uh, has been doing that for a while now, and I, I really love his talks. He does with those. Um, I mean, Art Cafe, obviously, with Maché. You know, I've listened to him for many, many years, so Maché's been doing that really well for, for so long. Ash Thorpe's podcast have always been informative and great, and the last couple of years, I've seen that he's tried to expand beyond just artists and talk to other people in different industries, um, scientists, you know, world leaders, and and well, the of world leaders, but people who are in the world who are leading the field and what they do in science or technology. Um, and yeah, there was there was a really good podcast as well that used to be. It was um, Art Off Podcast or, or yeah, I forget the name, the the podcast specifically, but there was one that came and gone that was really great. Um, the Student Art Podcast with Ross Baxter, who's also Scottish. You know, he does um, episodes regularly. I know he's kind of been on and off, taking breaks and coming back uh, due to a... Uh, you know, things that have been going on in his life, but I've always enjoyed his content as well. I thought it was great. Somebody else from Scotland was doing it. Um, yeah, there's there's a whole slew of, 
or people, I mean, way back in the day when I first started listening to podcasts, it wasn't even like the big names. It was like people from like, well, I say big names, but people from like Disney who done podcasts who weren't as well known, but were doing podcasts as well. There was one, I mean, mine's a digital art cast, but there was, there was a, was a, was a, a kind of art cast podcast that wasn't me. It was someone else was doing it. And I think he was a visual development art, visual development artist from Disney. And uh, yeah, he done one. Again, it's hard to remember the names, but yeah, there's a few. There's there's definitely. I say even in the space right now, there's there's more than there was definitely five years ago. Um, and uh, I can only see that expanding. But like you said, I think the the consistency is always the hard part because there's people who come and go, and make the podcast, but then maybe within a year, you know, it kind of it kind of falls off and they don't follow through or they get bored after so long and then it cuts and you know uh, or there's big gaps between content so i think i've been uploading at least once a month for the last five years without fail um and especially during the initial lockdown in 2020 um you know we were putting up like three to four episodes a month so yeah i've definitely tried to put as much content out as i can yeah so so once you decided to to stick to the podcasting do you have like some kind of a vision, like a dream episode that you would like to record someday? Like you had already a long list of, of big names and the guys that mm-hmm. you, that you consider heroes, but maybe maybe mm-hmm. there's something that you, that seems like out of this planet, and yet you think that might be you know, that oh, thing, God, the dream yeah. episode. There's a laundry list. I mean, I can say this now because the episode will be getting premiered or, or up for preview just now actually I've, I've literally just today actually uploaded it so uh so carla ortiz uh i just interviewed her and she's her episode's gone up christmas day as the christmas special so um that was a that was a dream as well because i've loved carla's work for a long long time um you know i got to interview guys like uh, danny dwyer Danny dwyer from noclip so like that was incredible as well because i've been a fan of danny's work for a long time with the noclip documentaries um you know, like uh, Scott Robertson was definitely like a highlight, and Mache and 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 Glauco Longhi and a lot of these guys from America. Um, I would still love to interview Ian McCaig, um, uh, and Ian McHugh, like both two great, amazing Scottish relevant artists that are huge within the world of of concept design. So I mean, them as well would be great. I know we done a a Black Lives Matter panel um, back last year during the kind of height of the riots and the disturbance in the US. Um, and that was a great experience to have those black artists on the, the podcast and talking about their issues and, and all those things. What I would love to do would be a women in games podcast. Um, that again is a bit tricky because typically women who work in the game industry don't really want to talk extensively about things they go through, both the good and the bad, because because of the way the industry is. You know, you could either be outing yourself or talking about other people you're not supposed to, and then of course it can impact your future career. So. If I could get a couple of women who would really want to nail down that and, and sit down and do that, that would be another dream thing to do because I think there's definitely not enough representation uh, in the podcast space for female artists. That's one of the things I've really challenged myself to do the last couple of years um, was talk about you know uh, female empowered artists and, and women within games. Um, we had recently uh, Marina Alexandra, uh, who's was at Splash Damage, has now moved to Rocksteady. Um, we also had uh, Mary Sue uh, Challoner, who is at Ubisoft now, who was Ubisoft Reflections, um, which is also interesting with her position because within Ubisoft Reflections in Newcastle, um, she was talking about how their prop team is all uh, women. So it was, a, it was a crazy thing as well because, um, you know, 
the whole thing is like there's so many not even just women right like other minorities and people from other countries like it, it would just be great to get more people on and i think as as well i'd love to do a scottish panel where it was more live and i was sitting with people and interviewing them in person um i think that's more the natural evolution i want to do later down the line now that i have a full paid job where i've got money you know about disposable income so i'd want to invest some decent camera gear and maybe go like you know place to place or country to country and sit down with people and interview them face to face rather than just over the internet like I've done before. I think that would be a great evolution beyond what I've already done with the podcast so far. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so seems like, seems like uh, your, your big dream would be like making even more impact on people's lives, right? Or, or in the industry yeah. in general. Yeah. Making, making documentaries similar to the ones I watched coming up you know like i want to make my own many movies about people or artists or maybe one specific topic like mental health and art and how it affects us all and how you deal with it uh, within the industry so yeah stuff like that would be would be great to deal on a personal level with people yeah so so i guess you know i guess all is in the yeah in the hands of the fate or like lies ahead so yeah glad you, glad you glad you stick to stick to that yeah ex exciting times ahead so yeah yeah to to keeping digital art cast alive so yes 